This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. A long time ago, when my daughter was a precocious preschooler, we had a special nickname for her, the unbribable one. We could not get that kid to do what we wanted, no matter what our carrot and stick combination would be. She would shrewdly assess the benefits and downsides and often determine that it was simply worth it for her to continue doing what she wanted and absorb whatever the consequences were. As you can imagine, this made our parenting journey wildly enjoyable for all concerned. When her baby brother was born, things got even more interesting. Distressed at his existence, she had gotten into the habit of surreptitiously pinching him at regular intervals when she thought no one was looking. On one memorable occasion, I was finally fed up and said, if you pinch your brother one more time, you're going to time out. This two-year-old looked at me, looked at him, weighed her options, and very confidently gave him a good, hard pinch, then marched herself into timeout. I mean, what do you even do with that? But we didn't give up. When I was a young mother and used to read parenting books as a side gig, I learned that you're supposed to make the punishment fit the crime. So a timeout should be marketed as an opportunity to consider what you'd done wrong while taking a break from society. Like, if you can't get along with the community, you need a break from the community. The idea is that the child should learn something from the consequences as a lesson for better living. But when the kid readily accepts the consequences, what have they learned? It's time, clearly, to change up the consequences. Keep trying until you find what works. These books were always careful to use the word consequence instead of punishment. The word punishment is, well, punitive. The goal is to punish. You hurt me, I'll hurt you back. That's not a learning process. It's just revenge. But a consequence is meant to imply a logical progression, a natural result of your choices. Meaning, I, the parent, am not doing something to you as much as you, the child, are bringing a particular result upon yourself. One of my favorite books in this genre is called Love and Logic by Foster Klein and Jim Fay. The basic premise of the book from their website is this. The love in Love and Logic means that we love our kids so much that we are willing to set and enforce limits. This love also means that we do so with sincere compassion and empathy. The logic in Love and Logic happens when we allow children to make decisions, affordable mistakes, and experience the natural or logical consequences. When we balance this with sincere empathy, they develop the following logic. Our children learn that the quality of their lives depends on the quality of their choices. Judaism, too, if you think about it, functions on a system of love and logic. The second paragraph in the Shema prayer describes the direct relationship between what we do and what will happen to us. And it shall be if you listen to my commandments that I command you today to love God and to serve him with all your heart and all your soul, I will send rain to your lands at the right time. 
but watch yourselves not to turn your hearts away and serve other gods. Then God's anger will flare against you and he will close the heavens and there will be no rain and the earth will not bear its produce. Deuteronomy chapter 11. This week's Torah portion, in fact, contains some of the harshest lists of consequences in the entire Torah. It's even tough for the cantor to read the words aloud in synagogue on Shabbat morning. The words are actually to be read in an undertone, as if to underscore our reluctance to focus too much on them. Frankly, no one likes to think too hard about the correlation between what we do and what happens to us. Building a genuine and personal relationship with a divine higher power is complicated enough, but who wants a relationship with a punitive God? Where's the love and logic in our Jewish system? The truth is that we as human beings unwittingly enter this world with a lot of entitlement. We forget that everything we have, from our bodies, to our minds, to our families, to our resources, to our talents, are all due to God. So we kind of operate under something of a delusional sheen of self-congratulation for the things we accomplish in this world. The rain that falls, the food we eat, the sun that shines, the lungs that breathe, all of these are gifts from God, free gifts that we did not necessarily even earn. Then, when something goes awry, we get panicky and angry. Why me? Why God? Why this? Why now? All the gifts we have are due to God's love. He loves us enough to shower us with blessings for free, and he loves us enough to set limits. Here are some of his limits. For the most meaningful and purposeful life, be a person of gratitude. Remember that God runs the show. Remember to thank him daily. Remember to do acts of kindness for God's creatures in this world. Remember to give back. Remember to pay it forward. Remember to be a person of integrity. Remember to tell the truth. Remember Shabbat. And on and on. When we violate those limits, God allows us the time and space to make those mistakes and to experience the natural and logical consequences. When we forget God, he taps us on the shoulder and gives us a little wake-up call to remind us to find him. Sometimes those reminders are uncomfortable, and that is what will hopefully wake us up. But God also balances this with sincere empathy and love. After all the horrible consequences that are listed in our Torah portion, God concludes with this. But despite all this, while they will be in the land of their enemies, I will not have been revolted by them, nor will I have rejected them to obliterate them, to annul my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God. God asserts over and over again that the consequences are from love, never from revenge that he is never abandoning us. Rather, the opposite is true. He is with us because he actually cares about the path we take, about what we experience in our journey on this planet. God is like the best basketball coach, swimming coach, running coach, who will push you, goad you, call you out on your garbage because his greatest desire is to see you succeed. So the limits are there to teach us that the quality of our lives depends on the quality of our choices, because God is a loving parent. If a consequence doesn't work, 
because we're just willing to live with mediocrity, he will switch it up, try something new, and never, ever give up on us. His point in shaking us up is to remind us that we're here to live meaningful, purposeful lives, that we matter, and that most significantly, we are way too important to give up on. This is the Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book, to power your day with purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.